Welcome to Leading with Intention with Monique Daniel. Over the next hour, you're going to learn how to lead more efficiently and effectively in a post-pandemic world where the workplace has changed dramatically. Now, here's Monique. Welcome. Hi there. I'm Monique. Thanks for being here today. Before we get started, I've got some really great news for you. We happen to be in the fifth month of our season one launch, which started in June, and our ratings continue to grow, as well as our exposure in over 20 countries at this point. So thank you for your loyalty and for referring others to the show. I really appreciate that. I've got a really informative show for you today based on a consistent issue that I'm seeing in coaching, and that is that leaders are not delegating. They are too much in the weeds instead of being high level and strategic. So today I'm doing a solo show where we'll dig into why this is happening and how to rectify it. I'll walk you through a really simple process that I use in coaching, and this will help you delegate to your people and use delegation as a development tool for your people. You'll actually see this through the eyes of a client of mine who used this framework with her team. Now, as all my solo shows go, you can download the process that I'm going through today so that you can have it for yourself. And you can download that at my website at mdconsultingglobal.com and then click on the radio page and go to this episode and you'll see the downloadable PDF that'll have all of this information on it for you. And while you're on the website, I invite you to register for my blog that goes out twice a month. Lots of great tips there for leaders. And also you can connect with me on social media. And I've got a resource page with a lot of other information and downloadable resources all related to leadership. So I invite you to do that while you're on the site. We'll also be taking questions today from listeners throughout the show. And you can email those in to me at monique at mdconsultingglobal.com. So let's delve into this topic of delegation and reasons why leaders are not delegating like they should. From what I've been seeing in my coaching sessions with leaders, this is happening for four reasons. Number one, leaders are afraid to give up control. And this can sometimes tie into micromanagement. Leaders sometimes have the mindset that if they don't do it themselves, it's not going to be done right. And that it might look bad if they are handing off things to other people. So they keep very tight control over tasks and projects and work that maybe they could be handing off to others on the team. The second reason why this could be happening, which is what I see in coaching also, is that they have a lack of trust for their direct reports. And this could be because they've had a bad experience in the past where they did try to delegate and it was a disaster. It didn't go well. 
And today we will get into the proper way to delegate so that it does go well. But many leaders have had that negative experience and they they don't trust their people or they don't feel that their people have the skill set to take on certain projects or certain tasks. The third reason that I see this happening is that it's a habit. Maybe someone was promoted into leadership from being an individual contributor. And as an individual contributor, they weren't expected to delegate. And now they're in leadership and it's a different expectation and they never created the habit of how to delegate. So they really don't know how, which leads me to the fourth reason why delegation isn't happening. Many leaders don't know how to do it or they are doing it and it's not working well. They're doing it incorrectly. So we will get into all of this today so that by the time we're finished with this episode, you will have a great process as to how you can delegate and you can download it. And you'll also hear it through the lens of one of my clients that I took through this process. Now, the impact this is having, if you are a leader and you're not delegating, is that you won't develop that strategic mindset like you're expected to have in leadership. You're expected to get out of the weeds and to see the bigger picture of things and to let your team handle what's in the weeds so that you can think more broadly and be more of a visionary. So that can't happen if you're delegating and if you're in the weeds every day. Also, if you're not delegating, you're not developing your people. And we'll get into that a little bit today because delegation can be used as a development tool so that your people can learn, they can stretch themselves. Basically, you're teaching them to fish. Also, the impact of not delegating is that it's not good for your brand. You will develop a reputation of not being able to delegate, and it's not a good reputation. And I've even had this show up on the 360 feedback of my leaders. They've been passed over for promotions, and the main feedback from their manager and others is that they don't know how to delegate. And no one's going to want you in a senior position if all you know how to do is be in the weeds. The other reason, the other impact is that you and your team are very inefficient if you're not delegating. The only way to scale yourself as a leader is to delegate. So all of these things create this negative impact, which will affect your brand as a leader. Now, as I go through this case study and this process, we'll be covering six steps. So think about these steps. Which ones are you already doing? And which ones are you not doing? And then we can try to tweak those so that you have a more efficient process. Okay, so here are the six steps, and then we're going to break these apart one by one, and I'll show you how my client Allison handled it in her situation. The first step is to analyze the skills and the strengths of your direct reports. The second step is to 
assess all the projects and tasks that you own that could possibly come off your plate. And then in the third step, you're comparing one and two to determine who on your team can take which tasks or projects off your plate. So within these three steps so far, it's a major analysis that you have to do as a leader because you're looking at the skills of your direct reports, you're looking at the projects you have, and then you're comparing and determining who has the skill set for which project. And then in step four, you're developing a handoff strategy with target dates. And we will get really into the details of that, of how that works, because that's really the key to delegating effectively is step four, that handoff strategy. That involves a really major conversation with your direct reports. The fifth step is to obtain status updates on a regular basis once you hand something off to your direct reports. And we'll talk about that too, because sometimes leaders are the ones chasing the status updates. And that means you're micromanaging the delegation process. And that means you're not really out of the weeds. So we'll talk about the correct way to obtain your status updates during delegation. And then the sixth and final step is to create a follow-up and feedback loop where you're giving and receiving feedback from the direct report that you delegated to. So these are the six steps we'll go through today. We'll break them down one by one. And I will be explaining to you Allison's story. Now, she was a client of mine. She was a director with a team of four. And as I mentioned earlier, she's one of the people that wanted a promotion to senior director. And she was turned down twice for that promotion. And the majority of the feedback that she got told her that it was because she did not delegate properly. And they did not want her in a senior level position when she did not know how to get out of the weeds. So let me take you through some of the first couple of steps and how Allison and I worked on this in coaching. Now, I want to start this with a caveat. With this whole process, you don't just spring it on your team. You want to have a conversation with them and explain what you're going to be doing. Otherwise, if you go from not delegating to delegating, it's a huge shift in your behavior and your team is going to be a little bit confused. So the way I handled it with Allison, she actually wanted to explain to her team that this was a weak point for her and that she was working with a coach to help her learn to delegate better and that they would be seeing some changes coming down the line as she shifted her behavior. So that's the initial thing that you want to do is have that conversation with them. And then we delved into the first step, analyzing the skills and the strengths of her direct reports. So Allison did this on a spreadsheet. She created a spreadsheet with the names of all her direct reports. Then she listed the strengths that she observed on each of her directs. Now, she created columns for this. And 
the next column that she created was a column about their strengths that they perceived about themselves. So basically, she had another conversation with them, and this was one-to-one, where she asked them what their strengths were. And again, she was being really transparent. She told them that she was analyzing these things so that she could eventually delegate to them. So she had this conversation with them, and she had a column with their name, the strengths that she saw in them, and then the strengths that they perceived in themselves. And she listed these on the spreadsheet. Now, then we move to the next step. After she did this with all four of her direct reports, she assessed all the projects and tasks that she owned and which ones she felt could come off her plate. Now, she did this using the same spreadsheet. She listed every possible task and project that she had. And this is where control became a problem for her because she didn't think she had anything that she could hand off. So we had to really work on this in coaching. This took a couple sessions to get her into the mindset of thinking like an executive leader, thinking like a senior leader and thinking big and not in the weeds. So she needed a lot of help in coaching to determine what projects and tasks could go on her spreadsheet. Now, she also felt really guilty about shoving work on her team. They were already stressed, they were a little bit understaffed, and they felt overworked. So we had to work on that in coaching too. And I'll say more about this a little bit later about how this was resolved. But this is another big issue that comes up a lot in coaching during a conversation about delegating is that my clients often say to me, I don't want to put more work on my people because they're already overworked. So I might as well keep the work for myself. That could be true, but sometimes leaders use that as an excuse to not delegate. So with Allison, we had to first sift through that. And then we resolved her guilt in another way, which I will go into in a little bit. Now, the other problem Allison had was that she wondered if all these projects and tasks are delegated, what would her actual job be like if she handed everything off? What would she actually be doing? And that's where, again, you have to think like a senior leader. Your job as a senior leader is not to be in the weeds. It's to be developing your people It's to be mentoring and coaching them. It's building relationships throughout the organization. It's being involved in the visionary meetings and, and thinking big and then communicating the vision to your team. So it's the the big picture tasks that you're involved in. So she really still had plenty to do. It's just that she wasn't doing it. She wasn't doing what she was supposed to be doing. And her boss couldn't delegate to her because she had too many things on her plate that needed to be delegated to her team. So we had to work through that mindset in coaching. And then all of this was listed as well as on the same spreadsheet, she listed the skill set that was required for each of these projects and tasks. So she had the skills and strengths of her people, the way she perceived them, 
their perception of their strengths and skills, all the projects that she wanted to delegate, and the skill set that was needed for each of those projects, all on the same spreadsheet. Okay, we're going to pause there for a moment. If you have just tuned in, I'm talking about how to delegate more effectively. And I'm walking you through Allison's story of how she implemented a really simple delegation process with her team. We just went through two of the six steps in the process. And this process can be downloaded at mdconsultingglobal.com and by clicking on the radio page and then going to this episode. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, you'll hear about a few more steps. And I'll also answer a few questions from listeners. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Are you ready to unlock your full potential as a leader? Look no further than MD Consulting. Monique Daniel, executive coach, best-selling author, and captivating public speaker, is here to guide you towards transformational success. With a global reach, Monique empowers executive leaders and HR professionals through engaging presentations at conferences, team-building activities, and industry gatherings. Monique's mission is clear, to revolutionize workplace behavior. She achieves this not only by coaching a diverse clientele, but also by educating corporate leaders through both virtual and in-person events. Thank you so much for being here to help us understand. As a recognized subject matter expert, Monique delves into crucial topics such as psychological safety, onboarding strategies, effective training methods, and mastering time management skills. Now for a great topic that we're going to delve into. Ready to learn more? Request Monique's Speaker One Sheet or secure her for an engaging speaking engagement by sending an email to monique at mdconsultingglobal.com. Don't miss this opportunity to elevate your leadership journey with Monique Daniel and MD Consulting. Unleash your potential today. Visit www.mdconsultingglobal.com or email monique at mdconsultingglobal.com to take the next step towards transformative leadership. MD Consulting, where success begins. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Welcome back to Leading with Intention with Monique Daniel. Have a question for Monique or her guests? Email Monique at monique at mdconsultingglobal.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. I'm Monique. In today's show, we are talking about a six-step process to help you delegate more effectively. I'm discussing this today because many of my clients have been passed over for promotions and given feedback that they need to scale faster in the way of delegating. So in episode one, you heard me talk about my client, Allison, as she went through the six-step process with me in coaching. Now, before we cover the next two steps, let's take a few questions from listeners who've written in. This first question is from Bob, and he says, I like the idea of step one 
analyzing the strengths of my direct reports. You mentioned that first I list the strengths that I observe, then I ask them what they think their strengths are. Can you explain what that conversation would look like? Sure, Bob, thank you for that question. You need to start by giving your team a heads up that you're trying to learn to delegate better. And as I said in the first segment, Allison told her team that she's working with a coach because she had gotten feedback about her delegating. So she was very transparent about it with her team. You don't have to be that transparent. You can simply say that you're trying to delegate better and that one of the steps is to better understand their strengths and then ask them to be thinking about those strengths because you'll be meeting with them one-to-one for that discussion. Then it's just that. It's a discussion. And you document the strengths that they communicate to you on the spreadsheet. Now, one caveat here is that some people might need some time to think about their strengths and to reflect on that. So you might have the initial discussion with them, and they still might not be quite sure of how to respond to your question. So they might need a little more time. And if so, be sure to schedule a a follow-up meeting with them as soon as you can. You don't want to drag it on too long because you need to move on with the six-step process. So I hope that helped. We have one more question, and this is from Mary. When I'm documenting the strengths that I observe from my directs and the strengths that they observe about themselves, won't there be a gap or differences? Is that a bad thing? Well, Mary, yes, there very well may be a gap, and that's not a bad thing. So many times perceptions differ. You may be aware of a strength that your directs never identified before. And if that's the case, the both of you can work to further develop that strength. And this helps them grow. This is another reason why delegation is such an important development tool, because you and your directs can recognize strengths that you might not have realized before. And the same goes for them. They might name some strengths that they have, and you as their manager may have never known that which will help you in the delegation process because then you can possibly assign them to a project or a task that you would not have known to do before. Okay, let's jump into the next two steps. So you, for the third step, you wanna compare number one and two. So if you recall, the first step was to analyze the strengths and skills of your directs. And the second step was to assess all the projects and tasks that you own. So once you've done that, then you compare the two. You determine who on your team can take on which tasks that you've listed. So there has to be that comparison, which is why this is done on a spreadsheet to make it very easy for you to get a visual of who can take on what. Because remember in step two, when you were listing your projects, you were also listing what strengths were needed, what skill set was needed with that particular project and task. And then you simply look over at the column of your direct reports to see who might have that strength. And there may be more than one person 
which is okay too, because you could easily put two people on a project or you could put one person on it and then the next time switch off and put another person on it. Again, it gives you a chance to develop your people. Now in step three, where Allison was doing this comparison, she found that there was a project or task for each of her four people. So remember, she had four direct reports. And she found that there were four things that she wanted to delegate. One was meeting facilitation. So there were some important meetings that she was facilitating, and it wasn't actually necessary for her to be facilitating the meeting. So she was able to technically delegate that to one of her people. The other task that she had was spearheading a new project. And again, she didn't have to be the one to spearhead the project. She found someone on her team based on the spreadsheet she created who had a lot of skills to lead this new project. So she was able to put that person's name on the spreadsheet for that project. The third item she found was troubleshooting a problem with the client. She had always been the one to do that, but she had someone on her team that had developed really strong relationships with the clients. And they were actually very good at maintaining a status quo or settling issues and troubleshooting problems. So she decided that she wanted to delegate to that person. And the fourth area that she wanted to delegate was handling the vendors. Allison had always been the one to do that, but it wasn't necessary. She just always kept these things on her plate. So those were the four items that she found on the spreadsheet. So she added the names of her people to the lines on the spreadsheet that corresponded with those projects. Now, she tentatively added their names, and I will explain in a moment what that means, because the next step is where you actually have a conversation to see if your people will volunteer to take on these projects. So initially, in the third step, you're tentatively adding their names until you get to the fourth step. Now, the fourth step is developing a handoff strategy and target dates. And this we went very much into detail on in coaching because Allison just was very lost about how to do this. And this is where a lot of managers do get confused. And this is sometimes where delegation goes south and it it becomes very complicated and it doesn't go well. So Allison had a one-to-one meeting with each person to tentatively hand off the items from her to them. And I say tentative because it's a conversation. It's a request that you make of your people. It's not a mandate. And unless it's urgent, you give them the option to decline. Now, earlier in the first segment, I mentioned to you that Allison felt really guilty about offloading things to her team and that this is a issue I have with a lot of clients. They, they won't delegate because they feel guilty. They feel like they're putting more work on their team. If you follow the process through step four, you won't have that problem because you're asking them 
to take on this task or this project. So it's all in how you position the conversation. They have the right to decline. This is the time where they can say, I'm really overloaded. I've got too much work. I don't think I have the bandwidth. So they have to actually be honest with you, which some employees aren't. Some employees will just take on everything and try to accomplish it, and then they fail. So they have to be honest with you, and you have to ask them for that honesty. If they have the bandwidth, if they want to take this on, can they do it? And you might find, which is what Allison found, that once she presented some of these projects, her people were really excited. The person who had the facilitation skills was really excited to be asked to take on the meeting facilitation. It was a compliment to this person to be asked to do that. So Allison, all this time, had been assuming something that was very incorrect. She was assuming that her people would not want to take anything on, that they were too busy. But she found out the opposite. They all enthusiastically agreed to take on the projects that she had for them. And again, it's in the approach. It's how you present it. Delegation is a development opportunity for your people. It's one way that you can develop them and at the same time, free up some of your time to take on more strategic things. So that is how Allison's guilt got resolved. We, in coaching, developed the conversation that she would have with her people one-to-one in this handoff meeting. Now, she posed it to them to let them know it was a, considered a stretch project. She reported back in coaching that they were very excited. They were very engaged. So she used that conversation as a template for the rest of her people or any time after that when she wanted to delegate something to her directs because the conversation was really helpful and it helped the whole process go really well. Now, also in step four, when you're handing off the project and assigning target dates, there's further conversation. So it's not just getting them or asking them to take this on. Once they agree to that, and they do have the right to say no. So let me back up a minute. If they do say no, then you look at another option. You look at other people on the team. So there's other steps you can take if someone cannot take on the project. But assuming they can, and in Allison's case, everyone agreed, then she had to get really clear on expectations and outcomes and target dates. So for any project she assigned to them, she had to explain what she expected. And if there was a a milestone or a target date, she had to create that framework for them. But then she didn't micromanage them. She allowed them to work within the framework and she let them run with it after she set out her expectations. And this is another problem that I see all the time with my clients. They are not clear on expectations. 
You cannot delegate well if you are not clear on expectations. And sometimes they think being clear on expectations means that they are micromanaging, but that's not the case. You set the guidelines and the expectations, and then you let your people work within the framework. And that way you're giving them the freedom to do that. So this was hard for Allison. We had to have a lot of conversations around this about how to set clear expectations. And it really turns out that when you set expectations like this, you are not micromanaging, but you're still somewhat hands-on. You're not completely hands-off, but you're not micromanaging. So you'll see in the final two steps what I mean by that. Because another problem, like I mentioned in the beginning, is that people are afraid to lose control of the projects, but you are not just shoving it at someone. You still are involved, but in a different way than micromanaging. And again, you will see that in the next couple of steps when we come back from break. You have been listening to Leading with Intention on the Voice America Business Channel. Today's episode is about delegation and how I worked with Allison to help her delegate to her team. So far, we've covered four of the six steps in the process. Remember, you can download all of this information in the show notes at mdconsultingglobal.com. Click on the radio page and go to this episode for the downloadable PDF. And while you're on the website, I really invite you to register for my blogs that come out twice a month. Check out the resource page, which has a lot of information for leaders that is free to you, just downloadable. And keep track of everything that I'm doing on social media. When we come back from a quick break, we'll cover a few more questions from listeners and the last two steps in this process. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. At MD Consulting, Executive Coach Monique Dagneau provides executive coaching to leaders struggling with workplace challenges and pain points. Unlike other coaching companies that use a Band-Aid approach, we have a specific set of tools and processes to thoroughly root cause and unpack a client's challenges. Our specialized method helps you implement measurable and sustainable solutions to enhance your leadership skills and develop your team. Visit www.mdconsultingglobal.com to book a complimentary breakthrough session. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa. 
Play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Welcome back to Leading with Intention with Monique Daniel. Have a question for Monique or her guests? Email Monique at Monique at MDConsultingGlobal.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. I'm Monique talking to you today about a six-step process for delegation. Before we dive into the last two steps, let's take a few more questions that have come in. This question is from Peter. I do have something I want to delegate to one of my directs, but I don't think they currently have the strengths or the skill set to handle it. It's not urgent, so they can decline if they want to, according to your process, and I can keep doing it. However, I'd really like to get it off my plate. Can I have them do it anyway? Peter, absolutely. And here's why. Delegation is a way to develop your people. If this isn't urgent and you have the time, you can train, mentor, and coach them along the way. It'll take a little more time on your part than if they had the skill, but it could be well worth it to teach them a new skill. So pose it to them that way in the one-to-one conversation. You'll basically want to let them know that they may not have all the skills needed for this, but that you would be willing to help them along the way. And then still give them the option to decline. But again, you're trying to pose it to them in a really positive way and as a a development area for them. Good luck with that. Good luck, Peter. I hope that all works well for you. And congratulations for wanting to still develop your people, even though they might not have the skill set. The next question is from Joanne. Can the target dates be negotiable? Absolutely. This is a collaboration. So in the one-to-one conversation, when you are setting the framework for people, for your people on the project you want them to do, the target dates, again, unless it's urgent or if it's a target date that's been mandated, you can otherwise collaborate with your direct and agree upon a target date. Because remember, they have to prioritize these things with the tasks they're already doing as part of their daily job. So the more you can collaborate with them and allow them some freedom to prioritize, the better. Okay, let's cover the last two steps in this process. So step five is obtain status updates. Now, this ensures you are still in the loop. This is what I mean about you're not micromanaging. You're going to let them take it and run with it. But you still need to be in the loop. You still need to be informed because you may have to report up to someone else and give status reports to someone else. So you need to be in the loop as to what's happening. You want to delegate, but you don't completely wash your hands of things. You're wanting to stay involved, but not micromanaging. So this is a very delicate balance. And this was Allison's concern. 
how much of this to do or not do. You need to be a support person to your directs. If you completely shove the work on them and pull yourself out of it, they will flounder. And I see at times that that's where delegation fails. Or the manager delegates to their direct report and then continues to micromanage the direct report. That's not going to help either. So part of step four that we already went over is agreeing on when, how, how often to get updates from your direct. And that's part of the one-to-one conversation in step four. You really are deciding how to do this. And in Allison's case, it was email updates that she wanted at the end of every week, just a brief email update. And that was agreed upon by everybody, by all of her directs who, who took things on from her. And then the direct owns this. So they come to you with the update. You don't chase it as the leader. And this is another mistake leaders make. They continue to micromanage, so they chase the updates, and they are always contacting their directs for updates. So you need to be sure your directs know this. And again, that takes place in the conversation in step four, where you're laying out the framework for them. So part of that conversation includes how how often updates should come through. Is it a verbal meeting that you want with them every week, or is it a quick email but they need to own it and they need to send the updates to you. Now, if there were issues, the direct report would notify Allison immediately. This was also agreed upon in the conversation in step four. The direct report would come to Allison immediately, not wait for the weekly update and tell her what the situation was, what was the problem but the direct would also come to her with possible solutions. And this is another area where managers sometimes fail is that the manager fixes the problem. And really, if you're delegating to someone, that person needs to do some critical thinking and come up with some solutions when they approach you with the problem. So this is teaching the direct report to problem solve, to do their own critical thinking. That has to be emphasized in the one-to-one conversation in step four. That if there's a problem, you know, come to me, let me know if there's a problem. I'm always here, but bring some possible solutions with you. So Allison made that very clear and was very happy to see that one of her direct reports did have a problem with the situation and was able to come to Allison with it along with some possible solutions. And then they brainstormed on how it should be handled, but she really let her direct report take the lead and resolve the problem. So again, it was a really great learning opportunity for her direct report. Now, I have to say here that something I see here when there are issues or if something's not going well or if the weekly status update comes through and the manager is not happy with it, a lot of times the manager will take the task back. They will take it away from the direct report and finish it themselves. And that's a huge no-no. Do not take the task back. 
It's like the cardinal rule of delegating. You leave it with your direct report. And I have to say, only unless it's a, some kind of a major crisis, would you, you know, change that mindset. But for the most part, you want to work with your direct report to make sure that they are resolving everything and handling everything all the way through to the end. They need to know how to handle these things when they come up. So try to remember that also when you're working with your directs on delegating. Now, the final step, step six, is to create a follow-up and feedback loop when the project or the task is complete. Now, to do this, it's afterwards. So when the project is done, and because you've had routine status reports along the way, the project should end up being done the way you wanted it with the framework that you created because you've had time to course correct along the way. So now the project is finished. You and your direct report should meet and exchange feedback. And Allison did this with all four of her people separately, individually. They exchanged feedback. She gave them praise where it was needed. And they did a lessons learned meeting, or in some companies, it's called an after action analysis or an after action report. But it's really a discussion about lessons learned. And this is, works in both directions. So Allison solicited feedback about herself, about how she did in the delegation process. And she gave feedback to her direct report about how they did. So it's a two-way feedback discussion so that both people are getting feedback. And this was really helpful to Allison because she was so new to this process. She wanted to make sure that she handled it in a way that was helpful and effective for her direct reports. So Allison noted that her direct report was late on the weekly status update, at least on one occasion. So she gave that feedback to one of her direct reports. Her direct report noted for Allison that on one occasion, Allison gave confusing information about the target date. So these things, this information helped both of them to really sift through things that could have been better. So now Allison knew that she could have been more clear about the target date. There was something within her framework that was a little bit confusing and it wasn't caught until toward the end. Allison didn't know that her direct report was confused about it. And then like I said, her direct report was told that they were late on the on the status update, at least on one occasion. So th these are learning moments. These are coaching moments for each person. And it's something that is very important to include at the end of every delegation project. Now, that is the six steps that we went through. And these are really important to incorporate. Like I said, this is a learning opportunity. This is a development opportunity for your team. And in Allison's case, this was a pilot program for her. This initial delegation 
was a pilot for her where she was learning. She was working with me as a coach and she was able to actually go on to use the process over and over again with her direct reports. And when she expanded her team and hired more direct reports, she was using the process on them too. So it really helps to develop them. It stretches them so that they can learn new things and new skills. And it completely opens up the communication process between managers and direct reports, which I find many times that communication is lacking on teams, which is part of the reason why teams don't work effectively together. So hopefully this process will help. We've just covered the six-step process. And I encourage you to look at that to see if you're already doing some of those steps and maybe not others. Is there room for improvement? And remember, this helps you give up control and develop trust with your people. It helps you scale and improve your brand. And most importantly, delegating helps you develop and stretch your people as we've talked about. Be sure to check out the radio show page on my website to download this process at mdconsultingglobal.com. Click on the radio page. While you're there, please sign up for my blog and connect with me on social media and check out the other resource page with a lot of other general leadership topics that you can download and get more information on how to lead more effectively in the workplace. You've been listening to Leading with Intention on the Voice America Business Channel. It has been great talking to you today. We'll talk again next week. And until then, don't forget to lead with intention. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Leading with Intention. Our intention is that you walk away from this show today with new tools, techniques, and insights that help you lead more effectively and have greater impact within your company. Until we talk again, have a great week.